Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Kettle Menu Podcast. I am so excited to have Natalie join us today. I've been following her on social media for a while now, and we really admire the work that she is doing. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is probably going to be one of the highlights of my summer. (laughs) Well, great. I am so glad. We are just honored that you wanted to join us. So why don't you start and tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you are involved in the ag industry. So I am a farmer and rancher's daughter. I grew up on a three-generational farm and ranch that was founded in the early 1900s. And so raised here, grew up here. Eventually, my husband and I moved back to the ranch to be as much of a help as we both could be. He also has a farming and ranching background and we both just love the lifestyle and, you know, having a multi-generational family, my roots are very deep. And I've always, I tease people or I tell people my umbilical cord (laughs) is still attached to this place. It's interesting because the way that I say that is I tell my dad, my brother will do something. And my dad, you know, he's like, why is your brother acting like that? In a nice way. And I'll say, well, the apple might not have even fallen off the tree. (laughs) (laughs) You do the exact same thing. Yeah. I said, we, even if we did fall, we're like still on the root. So don't think that we're not going to act just like you. So I completely understand what you're saying. And I think that longevity, especially in rural America, is really unique. Absolutely. And I think that we have a very unique situation here. And um, I'm happy to be a part of it, even though it's it feels very small to me. I wish I could do more, but um, I'm just very happy to be a part of it. Of course. And you play an incredible role. And I think that's the thing that we see in agriculture, right, is women just play these roles that might feel so insignificant on some days, but we know are so significant. And one of the things you talk a lot about is rural America and kind of the community there. So give a little background about, you know, what type of rural community you live in and then how you got started and why you're so passionate about those communities. Sure. Um, So Sunburst, Montana is a little farming and ranching community, and it always has been. Um, I think there's about 350 people that live here currently, and a lot of, like I said, farmers and ranchers, and then we've got some teachers in the mix and some border and customs officers, but it's always been a very tight-knit community. You know everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business and what what's going on. Sometimes there's, you know, the bad side or the negative side of that, but 
it just always felt like home. And even Montana, really, I, I lived in Oregon for a time and just crossing that state line. As soon as I got into Montana, I felt like I was at home. I was home. And if something happened to my vehicle, if I broke down, I wasn't going to be afraid because I was home. And so this has just always been a place that I've loved dearly. And we knew my husband and I, we knew we wanted to raise our sons in a small community because he grew up in one as well. So I guess I've always been looking for that connection to other women who might be like me, who maybe were raised in a ranching and farming family and community, but don't have a big part in it as far as their decision making and, you know, that side of it. So I've been looking for a way to connect and coming up with my little business is is one of those ways, as well as social media. Absolutely. And you do an incredible job on social media connecting women. I think the interesting thing is it's almost like the more we became connected on social media, right? We like we had no connection on social media, and so the communities were closer. Then all of a sudden, social media just kind of took over, and I think people started to feel actually more lonely than they've ever felt because it Absolutely. seemed as if they have all these friends, right? But no one really – we were not actually sharing the hard stuff on social media when it first started. I mean, even now, what, 50% maybe share some hardship? But then it's almost like we're starting to come back where social media can feel like a community. So it has been a little bit of a roller coaster, and you really try to make other women feel like they're not alone. These are things that you know, you are encountering or other people and you try to make it feel like you're not fighting this by yourself. And sometimes in rural America, when you're 10, 15 minutes from the next person, it can feel very lonely. Absolutely. And it still has that mentality. And I don't know if that's just a Montana thing or if that's a nationwide rural thing, you know, to just like Mary Pat said, I think it was, or maybe it was you even pull up your bootstraps, you know, put your big girl panties on. And deal with it. And so, yeah, social media has has really created some pretty incredible relationships and friendships for me that I had no idea could happen or were possible. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about your business and kind of how you have it structured to connect with rural women. Yeah, so it actually, (laughs) I guess it really started for me when I, in my walking and prayer, I was looking for purpose and I wanted to share my story somehow. And the opportunity really came to forefront when I was accepted to um, Natalie Kovarik's Real Rooted Retreat, where I learned how to utilize social media to do that. And But I knew it had to be more than just business. I actually, when I first came back to social media, I found that I was using it to do a lot of shopping. I don't like going to town. <laughs> it's a chore. A fun, not a fun chore. And so I thought, you know, I love fashion too. I love the uniqueness of it. So I'll, I'll start a boutique. But again, through prayer, it always had to be something more for me. And so I thought, you know, there are other women like me. I know there are. And so let me share some of their story too. And so that's how it came about. And I just, I wish I could share everyone's story in the community. Maybe I will. I don't know if I'll have enough years to do that. But I want to highlight their style, what's unique to them, and 
what they love about rural and what also maybe they don't like about living rural. What is the structure you have for sharing those stories? What are the different ways to get those stories out? Um, So right now I am just, I think of women and I just reach out to them and say, hey, would you be interested in in being my rural-tastic feature? And so I'm doing seasonal features right now. So every season I pick somebody to feature and they get to come to my store and look at my graphic tees and see what would be unique to them. And then they also get a rural-tastic tees. So, um, and then it's personalized. So this season of summer, I am actually doing two women. They are our local extension agents. And so they have a rural-tastic tee. They are my rural tastic extension agents. And so I ask them some questions and they answer them and send pictures and I upload it onto my website. So a little bit of blogging there too, I guess. Perfect. I think the thing that surprises me about, I'm not a mother yet. And so it is a little different because a lot of women that I connect with on social media have kids. And I know when that time comes, it will be a completely different experience. But it seems as if Not that we're all struggling with the same thing. I don't want it to sound like it's cookie cutter, but it's almost like the struggles that we really think are unique to us are the struggles that other people are having. And it's almost like if we're struggling with something really hard, we immediately can say, oh, well, so-and-so went through this too. Or, you know, so-and-so had this same experience. Like the harder stuff, we can almost connect to someone that we know. But it's the in-between, right? It's the middle, messy middle that almost we feel so lonely about. And just to hear other people say that they have those exact same struggles or similar struggles, I mean, it can just bring so much, one, confidence that we can get through it, right? But just this feeling of support in this kind of messy middle. Absolutely. (laughs) I love how you phrase that, the messy middle. I just think, you know, I mean, for example, when my my dad had cancer last summer, and so we spent the summer in Houston, Texas at MD Anderson, and the moment that he was diagnosed with cancer, I mean, I immediately thought, oh, I know so-and-so whose parents had gone through cancer. It was like the hard, hard stuff. I kind of was able to say, okay, I saw a little bit of that journey, but it's like the things that just happen in a day-to-day, that's where I feel that my friends and I can feel the most lonely is like the mundane, the going through the motions, the struggling with X, Y, and Z. It's that area that it's just, that's the stuff we got to talk about. Absolutely. I agree 100%. We get into a a routine and then sometimes that routine feels like you said, lonely, lonesome, but we're all going through it. We're all doing it. So thank you for, for saying that. Every day. I mean, we just wake up and it's another day. What is one of the encouraging pieces that you are finding in these stories? That there is hope and that that women do want to connect and they do want to help each other and they want to encourage and celebrate one another. We're not in competition. We're in this together. So definitely hope. This 
fall, we're bringing you the only all-in-one resource for the seed stock industry, the Breeders' Edge, a seed stock cattle marketing summit, will be a two-day, knowledge-packed virtual conference on all things seed stock, deep diving into production, marketing, and operational insights. Some of the topics we will cover are embryo transfer, reproduction, foot design, livestock risk protection insurance, seed stock nutrition, structure, utilizing social media, Facebook, Instagram, website design, catalog design, photo and video, email marketing, hosting your own website auction, up-leveling your services, budgeting, and successful succession planning. We will have experts in every topic. Registration for this event doesn't open until July 13th. You can go ahead and get on the waitlist now at krosecompany.com slash the Breeders Edge waitlist. See so we are the first to know when and how to register. talking on a podcast about how how I think we got to this spot in rural America because growing up and so I'm in my early 30s growing up we made it to church on a very regular basis I mean that was kind of the community that we had right we we lived about 20 miles from town we'd come in on Sunday we'd go to church most Sundays there was a potluck or at least once a month you know where you'd have a meal together and the first time I ever brought my husband to my hometown, I was pointing out businesses and talking about people, you know, here's where we used to live in town and then here's where so-and-so lives. And almost every single person that I brought up, he'd say, well, how'd you meet them? Church. How'd you meet them? Church. And it was just this like pillar in my childhood in the community aspect for rural America. And I think we have gotten a little bit away from that, not the fact that we want to go to church, but the fact that church doesn't hold the same community as it used to. And I think the members of the church are probably to blame, right? We're busy. If we make it to Sunday, we don't stay for Bible study, right? It's like we're all part of the, I don't want to say the church is the problem. It's, you know, just life today and COVID, right? Online church changed the dynamic a little bit, but I think that when we look back what it was like 20 years ago, we can see how important it is to have a meal, to share a meal with someone, or to just have a good conversation or both look at you when your kids are running around crazy or being loud in church and smiling at each other. Like, I think we have to get kind of back to that. I know it's going to look different, but I think we have to get back to some of that. I call it bellying up in the marketing world, but back to that <laughs> like in-person type community. Yes, I I agree with you. I can remember growing up and on the weekends we were always visiting the neighbors. My mom and dad would load us up in the car and and away we would go to the neighbor's house and there was always laughter and games and we were there late and you know, we we would leave our shoes thinking that oh, we're going to have to spend the night because they can't take us home without our shoes. And there just isn't that anymore and I I hope that it comes back. But again, I think that social media, so if we're not getting together, we, we can get together in a way here. And I know that that's not not having human relationships or that in-person relationship. That's not healthy. We do need to get back to that. But we can talk about the hard stuff here too if we're not going to get together. And that's also something that I've just recently, just very recently made the shift in my business 
I am a school counselor and I could really use that, this platform to help kids from these small communities know that they can come back home and, and also a way to, for me to share my love of agriculture and let these kids know, hey, if you, if you want to come back to this place, let me help you. Let's, let's look at all of those careers in ag. There are so many. There are so many. Like doing what you're doing. People don't yeah, think of that. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I would even eventually love to be able to highlight kids. There are some pretty incredible rural kids in my business. Yeah, I did not know you were a school counselor. No, that adds another dynamic to it. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and just like I said, like just very recently have decided, you know, that's who I am. I've been trying to like fit into this community of agriculture, which I am a part of, but I'm also something else. And so going to start sharing more tips with my business and on my platform yeah, for kids. I think the, f- the fact that you're in the school is such a huge thing for rural communities, right? Because we talk about showing up. If we want a rural community to still be there, we have to show up. And if we want kids to come back, right? If you want your boys to come back to the operation, there has to be a community. Whether that just be for the husband or wife to get a job, to have daycare, to have a place to buy milk, like it's part of, I believe, our duty as people who love rural America and grew up there and want rural America is to insert ourselves in the community. For you, it looks like in the school. For me, it might look like tipping the waitress a little bit more. But I do think it's our duty. And it's interesting because it's Prime Days on Amazon and I did a TikTok and I'm like, (laughs) you know, you don't really need anything on Prime Days. What you need is to drive into some small community and stop at the coffee shop and give her a tip. Yeah, that's a, yes, I love that. I was thinking that very same thing yesterday. (laughs) There are so many incredible small businesses. Yeah, let's stop ordering from Amazon. (laughs) Yes, yes, please. I get that sometimes because we, you know, um, I also did a, a reel about or a post about going to town. It's, it can be exhausting when you live an hour and a half away from the big stores. So yeah, sometimes Amazon's handy, but small businesses, there yeah, are a lot guilty. of them out there. They're pretty cool. Go support them. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty too. But yes, I under, it's just a decision, right? Talk to me yeah. a little bit about, I don't want to use the word juggle or balance because I actually asked a man recently on a podcast, how do you balance being a husband and a dad and a business owner? And the answer is we can't, but you have some really instrumental things. You talked about your prayer walk, like you have some behaviors in your life that are helping you show up in every area. Can you talk a little bit about those and kind of how you got into some of these systems and routines? Yes. Uh, Mental health, <laughs> that's really the the gut or the heart of all of it, just experiencing it myself and knowing that that time outside in nature and in prayer has been so healing for me. I, I know that it could work for others too. And so there was a time um, when I became a new mother that it was scary for my husband and myself. And we got through that. And I recognized that going when I was getting my master's degree for school counseling, that 
me time was really important. And so it's just something that has been a routine and a habit for a very long time. And I think that's how I have become a better wife. And I, I will continue to do that, how I become a better mother. And I'll continue to do that um, because I know it works. Talk to me a little bit about the logistics of a prayer list. How do you keep it organized? How do you, do you have it written down somewhere? Do you change it? Do you go with what you're feeling? Because I think sometimes when we think about prayer, well, for me, two things happen. I can either say I'm going to pray for you and never do. I'm guilty of that. I think we Mm -hmm. might be all. Or being so broad in the prayer that it does not leave room to realize God's blessings because I wasn't actually specific enough. And so you can either loop it all into he's answering my prayers or loop nothing into he's answering my prayers. And so talk a little bit about how you, I mean, just logistically structure prayer and keeping people on your list. Uh, <laughs> I don't keep a traditional list. Um, I am a work in progress. It really, it just comes from the heart. Like you, I will see people who are, we have a prayer chain from our pastor. So if somebody is needing prayers, you know, that comes out in an email and you see stuff on social media, people are going through a difficult time or are, are they ask for prayers. And so I've made it a point now when I see that to do it in the moment. And sometimes that means I'm in the bathroom. That sounds terrible, but that's a quiet space. (laughs) That's a quiet space to do that. But always in my walking, it's just from the heart. I just talk out loud to him. It's just me and him. And sometimes the conversations are very short. The prayer is very short. Um, sometimes it's very long. Sometimes it's very emotional. Sometimes it's 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 just talking. But that that's how I do it. I start my morning every day in my Bible or devotional or listening to sermons. I'm getting back into going church to church more regularly. And so, like I said, it, that too is a work in progress. It's it's a journey for sure, but. He, he really worked a miracle in me, so that's why I'm still here. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, well, two things that I do on my prayer list is actually on my phone. I have a list of like the standard things I want to pray about that don't, they're not situational for like so-and-so's hurt, right? These are just things like I'm praying for my marriage every day. I want to talk to God about my spouse, those type of things. Every yep. day we want to bless Anyone who walks into our retail store, like, so I have a set of um, items on my phone and I also pray out loud both morning and night with, I start with that list. So I, it's kind of the foundation and I build from there. But the other thing that I heard one time on a podcast is if you just start your morning, the moment you wake up and your feet hit the ground, you just say, dear Jesus. And all day long, if you think about every thought you've had as a part of your prayer, And then at the end of the night, you say, amen, and you have that entire day. It does make you more cautious about your self-talk when you know that it's in, you know, I mean, not that God's not listening all the time, but it's like I've opened the door to be in a conversation. 
And you really can be cautious of what you're thinking about about yourself or what you're thinking about on others. And so for a while when I was struggling with like self-doubt and just some negative thoughts, that was one way that I really, it really held me accountable to what I was thinking and mentally saying about someone else, the road rage. I mean, any of that, right? Because it's like, wow, this is all in a invited conversation with Jesus. I have invited him to listen in and to answer back to these things I'm saying. And so that is one thing that I have done, especially during seasons of a little bit more loneliness and, you know, mental struggle is starting in the day. And it has really helped. It has helped. And also, I love I'm going to start using my phone for a list because it's there all the time, right? But yes, being patient too with him and allowing myself to have that really crappy day and knowing that, you know, it's be patient with him because it will get better. It will. Are you wanting to start a farm to table business but don't know where to begin? Caroline and Grayson have been exactly where you are. That's why we decided to host Scaling Farm to Table Behind the Scenes with the Rancher's Daughter this fall from October 12th through 15th in Kalispell, Montana. During this event, you will learn insider information like how to ship across the country and how to price your product. If you want a place to start, this is the perfect event for you. You can sign up now at cattlemenulive.com backslash 2023-farm-2-table-event. bit about building your small business in the middle of nowhere. You guys, if you don't know where she lives, I'll put a picture up on the map. Like <laughs> not your exact location, but just the general location. Yes. yes. It is in the middle of nowhere, a town where you're like, if I have to go there, I'm probably going to need to bring a sleeping bag, like that type of town in Montana. And so I think that there's a lot of hold up to women who have a dream because it's easy to say, I don't have fast speed internet. I don't have time. I'm a mother. I have a job. I, all of these things, right? I'm a supporter on the ranch. I play some type of role, whether it just be a mental load, right? Husbands come home, father's call, brother's call, might just be a mental load, but it's taking up some space. And so how did you one, decide to start a business? And then what are some things you did to kind of get rid of those roadblocks? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so again, just watching and and learning from other people on social media and thinking to myself, you know, I can do this and this would be a way for me to connect with others um, and be creative. So I just started doing a lot of research, a lot of research. And my nephew's wife actually had a friend who was opening up a boutique, an online boutique in Colorado. And so she kind of gave me a little list of ideas of where to start. So number one, get the state license. That was easy peasy in Montana for business. Um, So I was worried about that. That was easy. But just watching other businesses do it online and taking notes. And I researched and I researched and I researched. And when things got hard for me in the past, I was often a quitter. I don't, are, are, you're probably very familiar with the Enneagram, are you? Yes. 
Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And um, I would have just given up and said this, you know, nope, this is too hard. I was that like that in the past. And I reached a point in my life where, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be a quitter. I'm going to see this thing through. That's how bad I wanted it. And so roadblocks have just been inventory. I was really, really gung-ho. I was going to have this boutique. I could picture, envision my little shop outside on our our little piece of land here where people would come and they would shop. (laughs) Uh, I should have done some more research. So luckily I have, there's a little coffee shop in town and a beauty shop that is allowing me to sell some of that inventory because it wasn't selling online. And I had a friend who had a t-shirt business and she told me from the get-go, drop ship, drop ship, drop ship. And so that's what I shifted to. So that was a big roadblock, the inventory and not knowing how much or what would sell. So now I'm drop shipping and I learned that what is selling are the graphic tees. And so now I'm just offering that and denim, but it it's still... I'm still learning. I know I have a lot to learn about business. I read books. I listen to podcasts. I've joined other business grower groups to learn. So I'm just, I'm going to keep going. I'm not done until God, you know, he hasn't said this, this is it. I keep hearing that voice from him. Keep going, keep going. So I will. What is your most popular graphic tee? Oh, gosh. Just recently, it was the Made in America graphic tee. But yeah, it's often those those Western graphics are the popular ones. Yeah, but that's I love the, the one Made I in America see, yep. one. <laughs> On the website. Yep. That one caught my eye, too. So I can understand yeah. why people love that, uh, especially with the 4th of July and kind of all of that. Yes. And one thing that's interesting is I do think in rural America, being American has a much stronger pull than it does in other places. I mean, I we live in Kalispell, so majority of the time I spend in Kalispell, 75, and then 25% of the time I'm at the ranch. We have a house in both locations. And my husband, for the 4th of July, went and got a new flag and put up. And we have flags at the ranch and stuff. But it almost feels as if just to be in rural America, we have more of a pride of being an American. And I don't know what that is from. I don't know if it's because we can envision, you know, the first people on the land or what it is, but that is one of my favorite things about rural America. Yes, mine too. And I was actually in your neck of the woods over the fourth and the flags were flying. (laughs) Seems like they always are there. Yes. But yes, there's so cool. Yeah, there, there is a very deep connection. And like you said, it's, it comes from our our past, from our ancestors. There's a connection to the land. There's a connection to this country. And a lot of rural families probably have a lot of members that have been in the military at some time or still are. So. Yep. Our survey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Before we get to the rapid fire questions, I want you to just give some words of wisdom to you know, a young mom or someone who just moved to rural America or maybe followed their spouse to a town that they don't really know anyone and just give them a little pep talk about making it through the messy middle. 
making it through the messy middle, you are not alone. And you are absolutely, even though you might be not out on the battlefield, so to speak, with your husband doing the the day in and the day out of the farming and ranching, you are absolutely a huge, major role for the farm, family farm and ranch. And so know that you are not alone in what you are doing, that you are raising and bringing up that next generation and that you play a very vital role. You're just, you're not alone. That was good. Great. Okay. I have some rapid fire fun questions for you. Yay. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite cut of steak and how do you like it? Ooh, T-bone. And I like it medium. Great. That piece by the what bone is so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love a T-bone. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. In the store, T-bones sell really well and so do sirloins. And I've never been a person to order a sirloin much at a restaurant or anything like that. But at our little farm-to-table retail store, that is the number one cut. So I always find that really interesting. Yes. Okay. You would love it. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. What is an ag industry topic that you feel needs talked about more in the media? Ooh. um, Oh, my gosh. Keeping the farms and ranches alive, making it easier for these families to continue on. We got to find a way to get these kids back to our farms and ranches. I agree. What is the best piece of advice, business or personal that you've ever been given? Oh my gosh, so much advice lately. To live for patterns and not live for spectacular moments, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's exactly what they said on my Peloton ride today. People chase the metal when instead we should chase the view. Ooh, that's good. You push and climb to get to the view, not to get a medal. Because once you get a medal, it's over. But you can hold on to that view for a long time. And so they just said that. I did a lunch ride. So (laughs) that's, I mean, very similar to what you're saying is, you know, it's, you got to change the way we, we study that and the, in belief. Yeah. Um, Okay. This is a fun one. So. Okay. What is your non-career dream job? Ooh, to be a country music singer. That's a great one. (laughs) Gosh, I just love when people can sing or play the guitar. I'm like, wow, what a skill. Yeah. I Well, yes. I can sing. I would love to be able to play the guitar. I try. But yeah. Such a skill to use your voice. Okay. Well, this was... This is a great conversation. I think you're doing really important things and we will put all of your links and everything like that in the show notes. But I recommend that you guys follow Natalie on social media and check out her store and just really the connection she's trying to um, bridge. The other thing too is you know a lot of people in rural America, Natalie. And so if any one of the listeners is feeling like they don't quite have that sidekick, that person that they can call in the middle of the day when it feels tough, reach out to Natalie and see if she knows someone she can connect you with that you guys are in similar life scenarios. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. Thank Thank you. you so much. Thank you. 
Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water it.